Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because we are in the midst of the coronavirus right now and all of the chaos that is happening with this. Uh, and I'm very hopeful and optimistic that, you know, in a few months, in a few years, we'll look back on this and I will have this episode as a record to the chaos that was. Um, but that we will be all healed and better uh, and feeling normal again and not walking around in masks and the stock market crashing and all of the chaos that is today and this week and the last few weeks um, since this outbreak began. But today's episode was actually recorded a couple of months ago, uh, and so I'm really excited about just for how relevant it is to today's climate and to just the way that we exist and the reason that I believe that today's episode is going to apply to what is going on right now is because as I think we know, as I think is common knowledge, the only people that are dying from the coronavirus are the very old, the very young, or the people who have compromised immune systems. And one of the really important ways to build and develop a strong immune system is through the food that we eat and through the habits that we create for ourselves. So I believe that today's episode will bring a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, um, and a different perspective. And the different perspective is really the reason that I recorded this episode um, with my friend who I'm really excited for you to meet and listen to um, because it's a very different version of what I think most people think of when they think about veganism. Um, so today's episode is part one of a three-part series. We did three short episodes, um, so I'm really excited for you to hear all of them, um, but I'm also really excited for you guys to give this one a listen. I'm also going to give you two references from other podcast episodes that came to mind either in the conversation or afterwards um, upon hearing them later. So the first one that I believe I reference in the episode is the Mind Body Green podcast, episode 121, uh, and it's How to Heal Yourself with Dr. Kelly Turner. And I actually reference this episode in several episodes of the Edge of Fear podcast because I found that it was uh, extremely illuminating to me that uh, radical rem or radical remission in cancer patients can happen through the way that we behave, the way that we eat, the way that we treat our bodies and our souls. Um, so definitely head over there and listen to that, as well as the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes, the episode with uh, guest Dr. Mark Hyman, Build Your Health to Build Your Wealth. I listened to that at the end of February. I believe it was, uh, it only came out in February 2020. Uh, so go ahead and listen to that as well after you listen to this episode. Uh, so today's episode, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about environmentalism, but also about how the implications of our choices impact the way that we live and and whether or not we live a healthy life and whether or not we live comfortably into old age um, and also just how many other factors come into play uh, you know in our life in our diet things like that so educate yourself open your mind I hope you guys enjoy this episode I really enjoyed recording it uh, and I will see you on the other side hi friends welcome to the edge of fear podcast hosted by Liz Basil Lewison Liz without a pillow. Each week I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs 
with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I've got a friend here from abroad. I'm really excited to have her here for a short episode on the Edge of Fear. Uh, Will you introduce yourself? Hi, Liz. Thanks so much for having me on. My name is Katrina Kofed, and I'm reporting from Copenhagen, Denmark. I'm a plant-based health coach and vegan cookbook author, and I'm really excited for our chat. Very cool. All right. So today we're going to be talking about uh, environmentalism and the way that veganism versus meat eating is affecting our world. Um, And I think that it's a a very hot topic recently. Um, You know, it's something that I think we talked about just like the minimal impact that we can have by doing very little even. And I think it's the same way for, you know, for all of the regular things that we do in our regular lives, we don't really realize the impact that those have, you know, negatively. Um, And I'm a really big proponent of, you know, I've talked about it on my Instagram, like if everybody picked up three pieces of trash every time they saw trash in a parking lot, like what an impact that would have. Um, And so I really love your story. I really love, you know, your version, your very individual version of veganism. So I'm really excited to hear kind of your take on, on how, you know, the world is affected by our choices on what to eat. Yeah, thank you. I think I totally agree with what you said. Like if everyone were to pick up three pieces of trash per day, you know, like what a global impact that would have. And I think the same thing extends to eating less meat, but almost like to an exponential effect. Because one thing I see a lot of the time is I think people compare um, certain things like maybe like using a reusable cup or getting reusable straws to things like, you know, reducing your meat consumption. And it's not that those like smaller things aren't amazing as well, because of course it all helps. But I think it's also important to remember like the scale of which these actions have reactions or I guess smaller, um, smaller impacts on the climate. Because when we're talking about like actions or behaviors that really affect or contribute to our carbon footprint, you know, like eating meat is one of the biggest ones. And I think a lot of the time, something I was thinking about today actually is like how we get reusable straws and reusable cups. And again, like I said, it's not to take credit away from those, but then we kind of pat ourselves on the back and we're like, okay, we're done. Like I did my environmental deep for the day. Yeah, Yeah, literally. (laughs) And it's just like, and it's, again, it's of course everyone starts somewhere and that's so much better than not doing anything, but it's like, we need to keep pushing ourselves. And it's like, if we're in a position of privilege enough to make the choice about what we eat, then I see it as our responsibility to take responsibility for what we're eating and for the impact it has on the planet. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, And it's, it's kind of like, you know, in the US, and I'm sure this is like everywhere that has like democracy at all, but like in the United States, we have the option to vote and it's not mandatory, but when things aren't going right, which right now to compare this to climate change, like things are clearly not going right politically, yeah. <laughs> clearly not going right in, you know, in the, the climate of the world, we're seeing these changes happen but we're just actively choosing to not participate. And people think like, well, it's not gonna make a difference. What difference What difference could my diet make? What difference could my vote make? And if everybody thinks that way, 
you're right. The, the different, I mean, actually, no, you're still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <But> right. Like, <laughs> you, like you won't make a difference. You will, you will continue to like before the negative impact that is happening mm-hmm. all around you. Um, yeah. My boyfriend and I have been talking about this a lot recently cause he like doesn't want to bring, um, reusable bags to the grocery store and really? so I, I'm like carrying like gro- I'm like we're not taking a plastic bag I'm yeah. like carrying groceries out of the grocery store like in my hands uh, or I'm bringing my own canvas bag I'm like tucking yeah it in my because I'm like this is ridiculous like yeah I'm not contributing to this plastic use. right <laughs> yeah no totally I love that and it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, I just see it. And, and with great privilege comes the responsibility. But it's like, if we're in a position where we have that privilege, I just so see it as our responsibility to do better. And it goes, it goes for voting, you know, it goes for other things too. But it's like, if, if we have the privilege to do so, it might take some extra work and some extra research to get started, just even eating less meat, eating more plant-based. But I really just think like, we're the ones, the people of the world who are in a position to make this change and to lead the movement. And it's just, I really feel very personally compelled that it is me, like myself and others like me who need to to do that. I love that. And I know that we're going to come back and talk about this in another episode where we talk a little bit more about like your specific journey. Um, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear about like the specifics on like leading that movement and, and like what your impact has been and, and how your journey has been affected by that. Um, mm-hmm. But what you're saying about um, like that it takes research to get started and everything like that. Um, is there anything like specific that you can give us and give listeners at home um, something that they can like take away to kind of see what the impact has been and like and I'm not vegan um, I'm not vegetarian I eat meat I eat meat products I eat animal products um, but I also very much I'm conscious of you know how, how much meat I eat. I try not to eat too much meat. I, and, and that's really more for my health than for the mm-hmm. impact that it has globally. I know that I feel better on a mostly plant-based diet with, you know, maybe one meat a day or every other day. Um, whenever I do a detox, it's usually a vegan or vegetarian detox for a few weeks. Um, and I, I watch my health be better. I watch my gut health be better. I watch, you know, the way that I feel and the way that I interact with the world be better. But I don't really know why that is. And I've never really explored why. Um, so I'd love to hear, like, uh, you know, either the implication on, you know, the world or on like us specifically from from your perspective, because this is stuff that I really don't know about at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So to Give it some more context, and I wish I had thought to like look up these statistics before this before this episode. But <laughs> so no, you're good, especially um, like four-legged animals. So cows and pigs, for instance, they have a much larger um, greenhouse gas uh, footprint when we're talking about factory farming. So they, you know, it takes a lot of energy to grow the grains like the soy and corn um, to feed that ends up feeding the cattle and the the pigs and between growing it and then harvesting and transporting the grains so that they can be fed and then um, you know feeding and raising cattle and livestock in general that's a very energy and um, material intensive process I mean it uses a ton of water it uses a ton of food as well like just a ton of grains Um, 
so the end result is that like i'm pretty sure it's like a quarter pounder hamburger so a quarter pound of beef uses like 630 gallons of water and just in a quarter pound of hamburger you know what i mean right. and that's just that's like mind boggling and it's just it's so when you put it into perspective like that and i can't even remember like how much a bathtub is how many gallons of water but it's not that many gallons so right. when you think about the amount of water that's used just for like one hamburger and then you think about how many people in the U.S. alone are eating a hamburger or something equivalent to that every single day? It's like it's absolutely mind blowing how many resources are going into raising and slaughtering um, factory farmed animals. So, right. and excuse me, I, sorry, I was gonna say, and how many people around the world are don't have access to clean water, and mm -hmm. we're we're giving our clean water to these animals who are being raised only for slaughter, like. Yeah crazy and yeah. so terrible <laughs> right it's it, it i mean honestly it's like horrifying and it's not to get into the gruesome details of it now but it is really it's very sobering and i think very eye-opening just to even realize the implications of this because it's something that we didn't grow up being taught because especially in the u.s like the u.s department of agriculture is very closely tied in with um the government so it's very embedded in our culture usda among other among other things right right <laughs> it's very systems mm -hmm. in place <laughs> for sure yeah but so it's very embedded in our culture and we've grown up that way ever since like the 60s and the 70s after world war ii so really when you look back at history it's like the american recent history has set us up to be in a place where we're eating a lot of animal products because you know the u.s like government subsidized all these um grain and um what do you what do you call it like factory farming industries um anyway that's a bit of a side note but but just i think it's important to recognize like how much comes from the past 50 years of what's happened and it's not just like we didn't just get here today and now we're trying to change things overnight but yeah it's like it's been built in over time yeah and and that's something that i think is you know as much as it is like a little bit of a tangent for for this episode i would love to explore that more deeply with you in a future episode um because like uh, and I think that you have a really interesting perspective because you're you weren't born in the United States, but you lived most of your life here or much of your life here. Is that yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So so it's really interesting because I feel like when I was when I was traveling when I was abroad, I felt very different having wheat from different places. And also there was, you know, this like acceptance of eating like carbs and wheat and gluten and things like that because it wasn't shoved processed with you know steroids and all of these chemicals that we use in the united states because it's for the fda because it's for you know to to push into like people having like horrible health so that they need to pay for medicine like and it's so it's really interesting to see like kind of your take on it um because i feel like i i got a, a different like worldly perspective of it by being in other countries um but like the food pyramid what garbage is that? Like 12 oh servings? God, don't of, even get me started on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we can definitely do a whole episode on this. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, we it's, could. It's just, it's just for money. And so to think, yeah. to, to know that the way that we eat bread and meat and cheese, and I mean, nothing against cheese, but like, like dairy, like yeah. the way that we're like drinking milk, like, 
the way that we do this in the United States is like crazy. Yeah. And we know that it's for money, for capitalism, for the government, for not us. Like it's just, we're wasting money and we're watching our health deteriorate year mm -hmm. in and year out. Like the, there's no benefit to the way that we're living. So why not be open to the changes? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you really hit hit the, what is the saying? Hit the nail on the head. The yeah. Nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like to me, and that's why I'm really so passionate about sharing the benefits of a plant-based diet and showing people how easy it can be because it like, it has such wide implications, like for our health, for right. the environment and for the animals. And it's just really like when you start to learn about that, and it's like you said at the end, like it's so important just to open your mind to it and just to start to consider like, okay, what would maybe three meatless meals per week look like for me? Um, and I think that's the way, cause I get a lot of questions like, okay, Katrina, how do I get started on a plant-based diet? And I think the biggest thing is to do like a, an audit of your weekly meals right now and look at how many meals with me are you eating already? Um, so if you're at like two a day, make an aim to cut down to one a day for maybe three days out of the week, do something that feels achievable for you. So start with like the small wins, for instance, like I really didn't like cheese ever growing up. So it was really easy for me to cut out cheese. So if you have certain things that are easier than others, where it's already an animal food that you don't like, like start out with that. You don't have to be vegan overnight. You don't need to be vegan at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested to delve more into like the way that you kind of coach and the, like your perspective on like being accepting of like different versions of, you know, plant-based diets. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that on the next episode. Um, uh, the last thing that I want to kind of cover. So we talked about um, the high energy cost basically of, mm -hmm. um, you know, growing, harvesting wheat and meat and all of that. Um, can you talk at all on um, like the, like our physical health, the benefits of, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more like on the next episode, um, but I do wanna kind of just touch on that quickly here, um, mm -hmm. either with the gut or brain or like just, you know, our physical being. Definitely, yeah. So. The thing is when we're eating more animal products when we're eating like an animal based diet, we are eating foods that are high in cholesterol and saturated fat. So all animal products have cholesterol because they come from another living being, whereas no plant foods have cholesterol. Um, just like humans, we produce our own cholesterol in our bodies as well. So we actually don't need to get it from external sources. So that being said, when we're eating more animal based products, um, increased saturated fat and cholesterol intake, they tend to be correlated with higher LDL, um, LDL cholesterol levels, often higher HDL and total cholesterol levels, as well as higher uh, triglycerides. So all of that is to say these are just risk markers for cardiovascular disease. Um, not only that, but increased consumption of saturated fat and cholesterol also tends to be a risk marker for insulin resistance, because insulin resistance is what it, it's what leads to type two diabetes or prediabetes. Um, and that's caused by fat clogging up the, the membranes of your, of your muscle cell walls. And I know we're getting a little detailed, but a little sciencey, but I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, little but basically when you're eating a more plant-based diet, that means you're naturally reducing your saturated fat intake and probably eliminating your cholesterol intake. 
and you're eating more fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, lentils, beans, nuts, and seeds. Those are all really high in fiber and they're very low in fat. So all of those things are going to be more health promoting for your gut health, for your cholesterol levels, your triglyceride levels, your whole body um, compared to a standard like omnivore diet. Okay, awesome. Uh, yes, a little bit sciencey. Um, so I guess like the only thing I've I've heard some things about cholesterol, like on Joe Rogan and stuff. Um, so like I and obviously like I learned about it in school at some point, but I think yeah. maybe the layman, somebody who's not super interested in diet stuff, wouldn't know what like a lot of those words are. Um, so if you could mm -hmm. explain specifically cholesterol, I think is a word that we like see on you know. Um, you know, cereal boxes and stuff like that. And I think it's something that is advertised heavily uh, as that we want to lower our cholesterol, but I personally like don't really know exactly what that means. Like, why do I want mm -hmm. my cholesterol to be lower? So if you could explain a little bit like of the verbiage that you used, I think that would be helpful, at least for me and maybe for listeners. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It is confusing if you haven't studied it extensively for like eight years. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically cholesterol and triglycerides, they're measures of fat or lipids in your bloodstream. And the cholesterol and triglycerides, there are multiple different kinds of cholesterol. So we're specifically talking about LDL and HDL cholesterol. And HDL is commonly called the good cholesterol and LDL is what we call bad. I'm doing air quotes um, because they're, I mean, HDL does have more beneficial properties and LDL has less beneficial properties, but I don't like to label things good or bad. Right. Um, so there are also other types of cholesterol. And basically when we have increased LDL cholesterol, that increases our total cholesterol. And those are the two numbers, the total and LDL cholesterol levels that we kind of want to be on the lookout for. So generally higher LDL and total cholesterol numbers are associated with higher risk for things like heart disease, um, high blood pressure. And the reason that we're concerned about cholesterol and triglycerides, so basically fat in your blood, is because that increases um, plaque buildup, so atherosclerosis, and which basically narrows your blood vessels. And that can increase the chance of something like a heart attack or a stroke. So atherosclerosis is that um, no arthritis joint okay of arteries okay I'm mm -hmm. I'm taking a medical terminology class right now in school nice. cool. <laughs> so I'm like trying to break down the the suffix on the prefix I know sclerosis yeah. is hardening <laughs> it is yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah and I know arthro is joint so I was like mm, I don't think we're talking about joints okay so arteries are yeah. are athro Arteries. Yes. Cool. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. A little it. lesson yeah. for me in medicine. I like it. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, cool. All right. So by lowering the LDL through eating more, eating a more plant-based diet, we lower the risk of fat in our blood. We lower the risk of high blood pressure. We lower the risk of um, heart disease, all of that. Awesome. Okay. Exactly. And that's just by lowering it. That's not by like reducing it completely. We're just lowering the risk, like wearing sunscreen lowers the risk of skin cancer. Right. Yeah. And that's a really important thing to know because, you know, there are so many people out there who I, I see are not educated about nutrition and they are, people are out here saying that certain things prevent one thing or the other. And the thing is you can never fully prevent something just like you can never be certain that you've cured something. So everything, there are a lot of things we can do to drastically lower our risk for chronic diseases, like eating a plant-based diet, but I'm never gonna tell you that that's gonna like prevent you ever from getting that. So I think that's a good point to add. 
Cool. Um, and I guess my last question on this um, is, and I don't know if you're going to know the answer, but do we have, is there any research on like when people started trying to be vegan? Like, do we know how long the, the oldest vegan has ever lived to? Like, do we know like, like, do, is there a way to like research that? Because obviously we see like the negative impacts of the way that we've been living now. Like mm -hmm. people are like, you know, living longer, but like painful lives, like chronically right. ill lives. And so yeah. like, I'm, I'm happy to go down at 70 if that means that like I've lived a like fulfilling life, you know, like I don't really want to live to 110 if that means that I'm going to be like, and you know, nothing against being in a wheelchair, but if that means that like my bones have become decrepit and my brain is to mush, like oh. I don't, I don't want to live another 30 years like that. Right. Like yeah. I, I, that my quality of life is down. So what do we know about like the long-term effect? Like, do we know anything? Like how long have people trying to be being vegan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, historically the first like plant-based eaters and vegans go back to, I would say like India and, and just Asia in general, like Buddhist monks, especially in Indian culture as well. A lot of the food is vegetarian. I don't know exactly how long they live, but even today, I don't know if you've heard about the blue zones. No, not at all. Yeah, so the Blue Zones were, there. Th this book and this research by um, this guy whose name, whose first name is Dan, I can't remember his last name. But basically, <laughs> he, studied, he studied all these areas around the world where people lived the longest. So among them was like the Seventh-day Adventists in, um, what's it called, Loma Linda in California, and the, the Japanese population like Okinawa, and they eat largely plant-based diets. Along with that, they have a lot of really other beneficial lifestyle factors. But I mean, you see these people and they're living to like a hundred, like, right. so it is, I don't know exact research on it, but people definitely live long lives. That being said, they also have a number of other healthy lifestyle factors that are keeping them healthy and happy and like physically able into late age. Right, which I know that we're going to talk about in another episode, um, and I'm really excited to talk about because I I told you about like the research that I have read about you know cancer patients and um, radical remission and cancer patients. So I know that it is a very holistic approach. It's not just the way you eat. Just like being physically fit isn't just the way you work out. It's all right. all inclusive. Um, so yeah. this was awesome. Super super informative. I feel like I learned a lot. Um, I learned I learned a new um, medical prefix. Yes. Also, which <laughs> my my professor is going to be very excited about maybe as excited as I am <laughs> um awesome so where can I find you I am on Instagram at passion for plants and same thing on Facebook at passion for plants I also have a free Facebook group called plant-based like a pro um where I share lots of tips and trainings um video trainings and stuff and then also my website is www.passionforplants with two s's at the end.com Awesome. All right. Fantastic. Well, we will see you again very soon. Thanks so much for yeah. being here, you guys. And thank you, Katrina. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz without a pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.